0: Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash
1: compatibility. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at high casinocom High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary, void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions supply. See website for details at high the number
0: fivecasino.com. High Five, high five casino. casino. This is the Los Angeles City Cast with Danielle Alvare. Presented by Bet Rivers.
1: Welcome into to your Friday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Let's talk about the NFL draft real quick before we get into the show today. Among Thursday night's 32 first-round picks, 20 of them were blue-chip recruits coming out of high school. Eight were five-star recruits coming out of high school, including six of the top ten picks. Drake London from USC was one of those picks. That was the only draft bet that I made because I just didn't have... The, the uh, man hours, if you will, or the woman hours, uh, probably more accurately, to put into handicapping the NFL draft because I was I was handicapping elsewhere. And also very, very excited for the WNBA season to start next Friday. That said, one bet I made Drake London under 10 and a half, and he went eighth to the Falcons. Imagine him lining up with Kyle Pitts. Filthy. Anyways, eight uh, five-star recruits out of high school, including six of the top ten picks. Twelve were four-star recruits. Nine were three stars. One was a two-star. And two were unrated. Trevor Penning and Zion Johnson, who happened to be uh, the only L.A. pick that was going on in the first round. The Rams have traded away everything uh, but their mother. Uh, and have no first-round picks, but the Chargers had one. It was at 17, and they picked Zion Johnson, unrated Zion Johnson out of high school. Offensive lineman from Boston College, Daniel Wade, host of the Locked on Chargers, tweeted about this. He said that it was a home run pick for the Chargers. Um, This means they get to protect Justin Herbert, and they got the best inside offensive lineman available instead of reaching for the fourth-best tackle. Great pick. Uh, Also, no running backs went. In the first round, which is not shocking, but just of note. So basically all of that to say, you don't need to be a blue chip to make the NFL, but it certainly helps uh, unless you are running back, then change positions immediately. Also, UCLA basketball update via Mike Regalado from Brunaport Online, friend to the show and friend in real life. Uh, He gave us his updated depth projection for the 2022-23. I cannot believe we are headed for 2023. Moment to cope with that fact. Okay, let's move on. Uh, he gave his depth projection for the 2022-23 season. I'm already... This I, This is must be how people feel about the NFL season when it ends is they're already itching for the start of the next football season. I didn't grow up watching football. I grew up watching basketball, especially college basketball. And I, as soon as March Madness was over, was ready for next season. So I'm very excited for this. Uh, but David Singleton announced um, that he would... Be returning. And also, we found out that Miles Johnson, who was the Rutgers transfer who's finishing his uh, master's program, is not going to be staying, Ma- is going to be done. Miles is effectively going to be retiring from basketball. He's not going to pursue the draft or anything of that nature uh, because Miles is an engineer. Also, I don't know if you guys know this, he's a master in engineering. And there's a really great article the LA Times did on his decision to kind of focus on that. Uh, he's going to be a I forget how they worded it, but I believe they said senior intern at IBM in their engineering department uh, in the off season while he's uh, finishing up his degree. So Miles Johnson on to, to bigger and better things. Let's say um, sorely miss him. Really great to see him on the Bruins team for the time we did have him, but David Singleton said that he will return. Tiger Campbell is back. Jaime Hawkes Jr. is back. I believe Jules Bernard. Yes. Jules Bernard on the step chart. So, um, lots of exciting things in Westwood, uh, Peyton Watson announced he's headed to the NBA draft. So that is a loss for the Bruins. And of course, Johnny Juzang are the losses so far, but they're bringing in a Dembona to five-star Dembona. Uh, Mac Etienne will be back. Um, it looks like Cody Riley's still in the mix here on this depth chart for Mike. Will McClendon, who's been injured, will finally be back in the mix as well. This is going to be so fun. So fun. Uh, UCLA currently now one scholarship available. In today's show, part one, MLB. Both the LA teams in action on Friday. Tigers at the Dodgers, game one of three. Angels at the White Sox, game one of four. A quick turnaround for the Angels who finished up versus the Guardians on Thursday, won that game, and had to turn around and fly out to Chicago for this four-game series I'll ask Adam Burke how he feels about that. Adam Burke will join the show from VSIN. He'll hop on and break it all down for me. You can find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. He's all over VSIN. He does it all. And he also hosts the the, the Run Line baseball show on VSIN uh, that airs on Sundays. So, uh, or at least he's a co host of that show. Part two of the show NBA Playoffs update, Friday preview. And just so you know, Next Wednesday, we will definitely have a WNBA season preview, Um, having Brendan Glasheen jump on with that, uh, and he does the play-by-play for the Connecticut Sun, so I'm sure he'll have some great takes for us next week. But for today, NBA playoffs update and a look to the one Friday game. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles Lions available at Bet River Sportsbook. The Dodgers still minus 250 to win the NL West, plus 225 to win the NL, and plus 475 to win the World Series. All such short odds. Friday night, they're in action, 7 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Dodgers money line. You ready for this one? Minus 245. What? Run line. So minus one and a half runs at minus 110. I don't know. Maybe that's the move here. Tigers two to one, plus 200 on the money line. Uh, and then run line, plus one and a half runs at minus 113. Excuse me, plus 113. No, minus 113. Uh, total for this one set at 8 and just a slight juice at minus 118 to the over. I am tempted to bet the under on this. It's at even money right now on Bet Rivers. The Angels plus 350 to win the AL West, 15 to 1 to win the AL, 33 to 1 to win the World Series. No movement on that just yet. Nice to see Mike Trout waking up though in the last couple games, getting things going, hitting triples accidentally. Angels, White Sox, Angels plus 110 on the money line. Getting some plus money on the Angels money line. All right. Against the White Sox team that has underwhelmed thus far. Fair, They've had a fair share of injuries, but underwhelming so far. Angels run line, so plus one and a half runs for the Angels at minus 195. And then the White Sox money line, minus 130. The run line, plus 165. Total for this game at seven. And you will see why. Great, great pitching matchup. Can't wait to get Adam's thoughts on that as for the nhl the kings wrapping up their season they beat the kraken five to three on wednesday then lost to the canucks in overtime on thursday three to two and that wraps up their regular season they are 15 to 1 to win the western conference and 50 to 1 just about the longest odds possible honestly to win the stanley cup nfl check because we had the nfl drafts rams plus 140 to win the nfc west that's down 10 cents it was plus 150 They made no moves, but this is just down since the last we checked. 5-1 to to win the NFC and 11-1 to to win the Super Bowl, fifth shortest odds. The Chargers, plus 240 to win the AFC West, 8-1 to to win the AFC, and 16-1 to to win the Super Bowl. If you're going to pick an LA team to win the Super Bowl, wouldn't it be fun to pick the Chargers? That said... You can always bet on baseball and swing for the fences with Bet Rivers and new baseball same game parlays. When you make a bet of at least $25 on a three leg same game parlay on Saturday, you will earn a $10 free bet towards another MLB bet. Combine game bets and player props in any combination to create your same game parlay and then watch the action unfold. Terms and conditions apply. See cipher details. Same game parlays and exclusive Saturday bet and get promotions only at the BetRivers app or at BetRivers.com. You can find all these odds and more at BetRivers Sportsbook. Let's welcome in Adam Berg, VEASAN betting analyst over at VEASAN. You can find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Adam, how are you doing? I know you just got to see an Angels-Guardians game in L.A. this week.
0: Yeah, I did. No, I'm doing well. Uh, Angel Stadium was cool. It was nice to see a different ballpark. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm so far away from Cleveland now. I guess I got to see them anytime I can when they come out west.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. It's unfortunate they didn't get the win for you. Um, but I also wanted to ask you, before we get into Dodgers and Angels talk today, about an article that you wrote for Visa.com. I believe you can also find it at Point Spread Weekly. Um, but it was about handicapping bullpens. And this is something that I definitely am a person who – I avoid full game lines for this reason. You kind of talk about this in the article that some people loved bet a better first five because you can stay away from the bullpens because they're really high variance. Um, but you don't necessarily need to do that if you can handicap these bullpens. Um, There's a lot that goes into that, obviously, that you talk about, knowing what pitchers are available. Context of the game I thought was really interesting, too, like that managers aren't going to waste their top guys when they're behind. Can I ask you, can we apply that to, like, the Dodgers, for example? Like, if I was going to handicap the Dodgers bullpen, even looking ahead to their Homestead versus the Detroit Tigers this weekend?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, you know, one of the things I try to prey on are really shallow bullpens, bullpens that just don't have a lot of depth, where you know, if the primary setup guy and or the closer appears to be unavailable because they've won you know, for the last five and the bullpen has been used for the last five with those primary relievers, those are things I look to shy away from. The difference with a team like the Dodgers is they just have a ton of depth. You know, Teams like the Dodgers, yeah. teams like the Rays, they have so much bullpen depth that they're more reliable, even if some of their guys are unavailable. We saw it over the weekend with Milwaukee where the Brewers, if Josh Hader and Devin Williams either aren't available or aren't good. 3-2 to two here on, on Wednesday as we're recording this, or Thursday actually, as we're recording this, but Josh Hader was unavailable. He had pitched four in the last five days. They were not going to use him again. Devin Williams wound up getting the save, but it's one of those things where it would have kept me off of Milwaukee if I liked them because I knew that Josh Hader was unavailable because I knew that some of their relievers weren't going to come into the game. So, it can keep you off of a bet, it can put you on a bet, it can create a live betting opportunity for you. I think being able to handicap the bullpens makes a lot of sense, just knowing who's available, knowing you know the kind of the stat profiles of the guys that are available. And then to your point, like you said, you know I'll look at a team and if I know that they don't use their best guys to keep a game close, maybe I will bet the other side, or maybe I will make mm-hmm. a live bet, something like that. I think that because it's a high variance environment, It gives you some opportunity if you're willing to take the time to research it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, and I like that you pointed out in that article as well that those first five numbers tend to have a little bit more juice on them, too, because you're getting that pitcher that is going to probably go for five innings or so, and if you bet the full game, you might get better value over time, obviously, to, to go ahead and bet those full games. So I know it's daunting, but fortunately for me, the ones that I have been betting full games have been on the Dodgers because they are so de- like deep, they have such incredible talent that it's a team that I can back from start to finish. Unfortunately, though, dropped two to the Diamondbacks, believe it or not, and now face and not very good Detroit. Detroit team, six and eleven Detroit. They're two and three away. Um, and six and eight as an underdog. Meanwhile, the Dodgers have been cranking along, especially on the run line. Uh, they're twelve and six overall and as a favorite, six and one at home, and we're seeing lots and lots of unders from them lately, which we'll talk more about. We've seen less scoring in baseball a little bit later on, but I want to talk about this. Detroit-LA matchup that's starting on Friday night, 7, 10 p.m. Pacific time here. Um, I'm seeing for on the mound here, Ty- a Tyler battle here, a Tyler battle, if you will, Tyler A's. Uh, for Detroit, Tyler Alexander, the lefty, and then for LA, Tyler Anderson, also a lefty. What do you think? Which Tyler is going to reign supreme?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's pretty easy to say the Dodgers probably win that game and, and should win this series. They'll be a big favorite in every one of these games, but it is really interesting, Danielle, that when the Dodgers face a lefty, you kind of see a little bit of anti-Dodgers sentiment out there in the marketplace. It's been the one area over the last three to five seasons where, for whatever reason, they're just not as strong as they are in all other facets of the game. Against left-handed starters, they've had some issues. Tyler Alexander is not a great one. Eduardo Rodriguez coming up on Sunday. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. one where he pitches a little bit better against this Dodgers lineup. But... It is the one thing that I've kind of picked up on, the one tell, so to speak, in the marketplace of when they face a lefty, the market is a little bit more reluctant to back the Dodgers, especially on those overnight lines. So I'll be curious to see what happens with the line movement for Friday's game. And as I said, Tyler Alexander is not great. The the Detroit lineup does profile better against lefties than against righties. So maybe Hmm. we see a little bit of Detroit money come in on this game, but it's just... It's hard to bet against the Dodgers in in really any context. The one thing I wrote about in my daily article for Thursday over at vcin.com is coming off of that Diamondbacks series that you mentioned, I Mm -hmm. sort of wonder if maybe there's a little bit of an NBA kind of mentality to the Dodgers where they know they're going to make the playoffs. They know they're probably going to win 100 games. If not, they're going to come very, very close to it. So maybe they lose focus a little bit against some of these bad teams like a Diamondbacks. Like a Tigers here, because they play the Giants for two games coming up Rockies. in the early part of next week. Yeah, the Rockies. Yeah. You know, they they did not play well in course field in that opening series. I wonder if maybe that's a thing with the Dodgers that we can kind of try to take advantage of throughout the course of the season. Especially too, because you know, look, they're gonna be such a big favorite that you don't have to bet full units against them. You can bet a half unit to win a unit at, you know, two to one or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's such a great point. Is you just get a lot more value. I mean, even in their game versus the um Versus the Diamondbacks. I had to look for unders and things of that nature because just laying even with the Dodgers at one point, even the run line was still minus. You weren't even getting plus money on the run line with the Dodgers. So they're so difficult to bet. And like you said, you can bet less units and still get some return on that. And I do agree with you. They know the games they have to win, right? That's how the Lakers felt. And I'm glad you put a name on this because I've been wondering the same thing. I watch the Lakers and go, well, they have all this talent. Why wouldn't they be able to do this, this, or that? And it's the same thing with the Dodgers. It's like, why are you losing to the Diamondbacks? Why are you losing to these not very good teams, but they're not teams that they necessarily need to hold tiebreakers over, for example, so they know exactly which ones are, are most important for them to win, I guess. Um, but yeah, we will have a lefty matchup here, to Tylers, hopefully. I do think Tyler Anderson seems like... Um, Strong start for him. He's 1-0 so far uh, into this season. 2.84 ERA and .87 WHIP, 12 strikeouts and nearly 13 innings pitched. So I'm interested possibly at a Tyler Anderson strikeout prop. Is that something you think would be possible? Or do you think that the Detroit's going to hit well against the lefty pitcher?
0: You know, without digging too deep and going too far down a rabbit hole, I'm a Tyler Anderson fan. You know, Tyler Anderson's a guy, good spin rates, good ground ball rates throughout the course of his career. He was just stuck in Colorado for a very long period of time. And it's just so hard to pitch in Denver in the elevation. You know, obviously we could talk about this all day long, but you know what the course field effects are of pitching. And I think it's something that's really hurt Tyler Anderson throughout his career. He went to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh doesn't really do a lot of good things on the player development side Maybe this is just a really good landing spot for him now with the Dodgers, where I'm sure they looked at the spin rates and liked them as much as I do. I'm sure they looked at, you know, his ground ball prowess and some of the other things that he does well. There's a realistic possibility that he winds up being a guy that the Dodgers do elevate throughout the course of the season. So whether that's from a swing and miss standpoint or just from a command standpoint, that's a guy that, you know, he's not a household name on a team full of them. If you're going to try to back any of these Dodgers starters at reasonable prices – Tyler Anderson may be one you can find some on throughout the season. As far as a strikeout prop for this game, I mean, like the Tigers strike out a ton, so it's it's yeah. not it's not the worst thought process, I would say for sure.
1: I'm sure the numbers are going to reflect that, of course, but it's something maybe to look at, peruse that, take a look at, even. Um... I hesitate to say, but a no-run in the first inning possibly, but the Dodgers and the Angels are by far my least favorite teams to bet these with. Um, it's so variable for them. They're just, I'm going to have to start looking elsewhere because the Dodgers and Angels for me in the first inning are just so back and forth. Um, the Angels, by the way, and the Guardians on Wednesday four-run scored, two from each team, so just so variable, obviously, um, especially when you have guys like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on your team. How do I handicap that on any given inning? Um, but let's talk about the Angels because they wrapped up their series versus the Guardians on Thursday. They're headed to Chicago to play a four-game series versus the White Sox. This is what I wanted to ask you about right off the bat. Friday at the White Sox, 4.10 p.m., they played the Guardians at 1 p.m. on Thursday, less than 24 hours plus travel. Is this a factor? I feel like we don't talk about this as much in baseball.
0: Yeah, I, I think it is a factor to a degree. I, I think it's definitely easier to go east to west, where you get that time back and you know all that kind of thing. West to east is a little bit tricky, I would say. And you know, also too, you you get really good weather in Anaheim, as as I just found out. You know, you don't always get the best <laughs> of weather in the Midwest and in the Great Lakes. You know, at least not until mid to late May. So you, know, you always want to check the weather forecast for things like that too, where teams might just be miserable going out and playing in the cold. Now, it didn't really stop the Giants when they played in Cleveland against the Guardians. They swept that series. But it can be a thing. It can be something that's difficult for the pitchers. You know, we talk about quarterbacks throwing in cold weather. If you're a pitcher, it can be a tough thing. If you're in a warm weather market or something like that, The thing of it is, Noah Syndergaard pitched in Queens for a long period of time with the New York Mets. So not really a worry for him. Interesting game here on Friday, though. Lucas Giolito making his second start off the injured list. Struck out nine and four and a third in his return. Looked really, really good. Good changeup. Tough guy to hit. I think it's a pretty good pitching matchup here on Friday night.
1: No, I completely agree with you. I mean, at first I was looking at this and I'm like, what's going on with the White Sox, right? They have these really high expectations in the AL Central, but now they're just now breaking an eight-game losing streak. On Wednesday they did that versus the Royals. Um, they're 7-10 and through their first 17 games, so definitely not what people were expecting from this White Sox team. I know already kind of dealing with some injury plague, and um, I believe also Craig Kimbrell over to the Dodgers as well, so lost that depth for them as well. Um, but then I saw this pitching matchup and I was like, oh, Giolito's on the mound. And like you said, I mean, 1.13 ERA so far, 1.25 whip in his first two starts, 15 strikeouts in those eight innings pitched, and only five walks. So again, I'm sure the strikeout prop will reflect it. So maybe, but it might be fun looking at it over for something like that. I don't know if I want to bet an over on a strikeout prop versus the Angels, but if it were, it would be on Giolito probably, and then Noah Syndergaard. What do you what do you think about this? Because I know that you were kind of high on him last time we talked about this, just for background for some people. He missed the whole 2020 season, uh, pitched two innings in 2021, but his first 17 innings this year, 2.12 ERA and .82 WHIP, has a strikeout to walk rate of 11 to 4, and has yet to give up a home run. So I think this is going to be a really great pitching matchup.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm still not really sure what to do with Noah Syndergaard because he's not missing a lot of bats. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say that. He doesn't have a lot of strikeouts. His stri- his swinging strike rate is still pretty good. He's induced mm-hmm. a lot of ground balls here so far, which not really a bad idea. The one thing for the Angels is that they've really improved defensively in a lot of areas, and that's helped them so far here with this start. Also, they've hit 25 home runs, so you know, that kind of helps too. They're but leading with that. <laughs> defensively, they're, they're pretty good on the infield. And so a guy like Syndergaard – Pitching to ground ball contact, I think, is something that's pretty impressive for him. You know, because usually when you talk about major injuries and coming back off of that and everything, the velocity tends to come back first. The command comes back second if it comes back at all. And the fact that Syndergaard's been keeping the ball down, commanding it in the zone where he wants to, that's a really good start. I just wonder how sustainable that is if that strikeout rate doesn't come back up. And also, too, the one big weakness for the Angels is their bullpen is is questionable. You know, they got mm. Ryan Tapera, they got Aaron Loop, they have Rysel Iglesias. Their big three is strong, but if those guys are unavailable, you know, kind of what we talked about earlier, if they're not going to use those guys, they can give up some runs in relief. So, you know, we'll see what happens in this game. I think it's a good pitching matchup, but the Angels are just a very surprising team here so far. I thought they would be better, but Taylor Ward is breaking out. Mike Trout is putting up Trouty in numbers once again. Otani got off to a slow Hitting start. Hitting triples off a of check around. swing. Yeah, I... <laughs> You know what? And I know we're gonna talk about this in a minute, but like it's almost like people forgot how good Mike Trout actually is. Because we just don't talk about year. it.
1: We're like Mike no. Trout, best player in baseball, you know, of course, moving on. We take it for granted.
0: We take for yeah. granted how good that guy. If if he never played another baseball game, he'd be a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. And he's I, thirty.
1: It's yeah. It's crazy, and we don't we don't we don't hear a lot about him. We don't talk about him enough. And I know he was injured a lot of last season, but we'll we'll circle back to that because I know we are going to talk about AL MVP odds. Um, what I was just going to say to wrap up this Friday matchup: White Sox Angels. I like the idea of Angels money line here, maybe Angels run line. The White Sox offense seems really bad. They're twenty third in batting average at .213, 24th in runs per game, and also the worst team at drawing walks. So. Angels, not a team I usually look to bet under. Actually, Steve Mackinan wrote about this on vsin.com that only four teams in the MLB have gone over the total more often than under, and they're all from the American League. The Angels are one of those teams, and uh, weirdly enough, the White Sox are another one of those teams. So I'm not really sure what to do here because we have this great pitching matchup. But like you mentioned, the Angels bullpen not super reliable, the White Sox offense not super great. So which way do you kind of go with that total?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's very important to put into context here that the White Sox have been missing on Moncada, Eloy Jimenez mm-hmm. is out. Luis Robert has missed time. I think he's back now, though. They've had all kinds of injuries so far early on in the season. And I do think that, just as an aside, I know this is the L.A. City cast, but I think <laughs> that the White Sox, we're getting to a point where it's almost worth betting on them to win the AL Central because nobody else in this division is all that good. And when the White Sox yeah. get healthy, they will be far and away the best team in this division once again. And now we're kind of getting to that point where they're in the minus 150 range. If I can get them down to minus 140, minus 130, I'm going to have to fire on that just because I think they're far and away the best team. But to that point, they're not hitting because they have a lot of injuries. And they're also much better against lefties than they are against righties. And they will get a lefty in Jose Suarez coming up on Saturday. But Syndergaard Mm -hmm. is a righty who's been very tough on righties throughout his career the, the only thing I would have an issue with is is these bullpens with an under. Because the White Sox yeah. had a good bullpen, but Liam Hendricks has struggled. Aaron Bummer has struggled. Uh, they've had some guys miss time due to injury. You mentioned the Kimbrel trade. Uh, you know, the White Sox bullpen just isn't running as deep and as dominant as it did last year. So if you're looking at an under, I think the first five is the way to go here. This is a spot mm. where those bullpens are high variance enough to keep me off of a full game total in this one.
1: Okay. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And to your point about the American League Central, I mean, the White Sox on bet River is still minus 195, which tells you a lot about how these futures are perceived and how they're missing so many people on injury because they're still expecting them to come back and win this when they're that big of a favorite. Um, before we talk about AL and NL MVP, I want to get your thoughts on, of course, especially as it pertains to the Angels and the Dodgers players. I wanted to just really quickly look at the NL West. Because the Giants are plus 425 right now on Bet Rivers to win the NLS. The Padres are plus 450, and the Dodgers are minus 250. Now, 425 is not that exciting, maybe, to lay your money and have to wait until the end of the season to see if it cashes. But the Giants, yes, last season one win over, I believe, the Dodgers. Is there any kind of interest here for you in playing somebody besides the Dodgers to win the NLS?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you could make a case for both of them, truth be told. Mm -hmm. I prefer the Giants to the Padres just because the Padres, it's a war of attrition for them. They already have a ton of bullpen injuries. They're hoping Mike Clevenger can come back, although he had a a weird fall sort of thing in his rehab start the other night, uh, going to cover first base and kind of came up a little bit lame, stayed in the game, but it didn't look particularly good. The Giants are not a fluke. They are a no. very good team. And a lot of the projection systems were way down on them for this year. And I, I went against the grain with that. I completely disagreed with this idea that they were suddenly going to fall off the pace. You don't win 107 games by accident. That That is just not a coincidence. It's not a fluke, nothing like that. They're just a really good, really smart team that maximizes every ounce of possible development out of their players. And they will continue to do so. And I give them a ton of credit for it. The Giants will stick around. At plus 425, I don't think that that's a bad play. Of course, it's probably going to come down to the head-to-head meetings during the regular season. And we'll get our first look at that, uh, I believe, next week with the two games that they have against each other.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping to sneak into one of these games with these two teams, obviously, being from the Bay Area and loving the city of Los Angeles. a little bit torn for me. I also have, actually, one of the players in the Giants who went to my high school, so I kind of, like, root for Brandon Crawford as well. Um, But... It's going to be really interesting, and I think Giants plus 425 is kind of a good value right now. I don't think it's going to stay there necessarily, especially as this gets closer and closer into the season. Um, AL MVP Shohei Otani is the short shot at Bat Rivers, plus 265. Vlad Guerrero Jr. behind him at plus 325. And then Mike Trout is 6-1. to one. And I hate betting futures, and I'm looking at that like, do I bet Mike Trout 6-1? to one?
0: Well... I couldn't argue with it, given the start to the season that he's had. And In fact, this is the second year in a row that he's had a monster start to the year. You know, I think we talked about this last week on the CityCast, that last year, before he got hurt, he was off to one of his best starts ever. He was on track to post his best season ever, which is mm-hmm. absurd to think about with all the good seasons that he's had. And he's off to a phenomenal start this year. The question is, can he stay healthy? Because he really didn't in 2020 – It was a weird year anyway. Really didn't in 2021. Can he do it this season? That's really the big question. Can they monitor his workload a little bit better and just give him a few more days off here and there to kind of stay fresh? But the numbers right now are very, very impressive. The problem is you simply cannot compete with a guy like Shohei Otani who can hit and also is a really good pitcher. there's, There's been nobody like this in the big leagues in 100 years. Babe Ruth was the last guy. And even using adjusted metrics that you can compare over eras still wasn't as good as Shohei Otani. So it's hard to, as long as Otani stays healthy, I mean, he should win the award every year, but the start that Trout has had has been very impressive.
1: Do you think that people look at Shohei more for like like a Cy Young or, you know, a pitching award over an MVP award? Do you think this is more of an MVP award for him because he does both sides? It's probably more of an MVP thing. But with Mm -hmm. that being said, I mean, You know,
0: you kind of have to get in the minds of the voters who are probably going to say the same thing I did. Like, look, if this guy throws 150 innings and gets 450 plate appearances and produces the way that he can, like, how do you vote for anybody else? Like, there's no way. But at the same time, voters are going to look at this and go, yeah, but he won it last year. And I could just give it to him every year. So I'll vote for somebody else. And I think that's kind of what you're hoping for.
1: That, I mean, that's the Angels' biggest problem is that both of their superstars are like, ah, they could win at any given year. Um, real quick, too, before we let you go NL MVP. So, some Dodgers up here Trey Turner at 14 to 1, Freddie Freeman at 16 to 1, and Mookie Betts at 20 to 1.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, when Mookie Betts was in the American League, he was the only guy putting up numbers that were close to Mike Trouts when he was a member of the Boston Red Sox. Hasn't really gone the same way for the for the Dodgers, although he's still been obviously a very productive and a very good player. To me, I, I think it's Freddie Freeman of that trio just because Freeman's the guy who's probably going to hit for the most power of those three. And it is kind of a power-driven game right now. And of course, you know, we'll see what happens when it warms up and the humidor kind of levels off and, and the ball starts carrying again. But I think Freeman is the guy that I would look at there. But, you know, like I mean, Trey Turner, he's... Well, I think I saw the stat the other day. He's played 66 games with the Dodgers and, and gotten a hit in 60 of them. Like, it's it's unbelievable what he's been doing. And Mookie Betts, I think, just gets overshadowed because he's on a team full of stars. So, I think if I had to take one of the three, it'd be Freeman. But all three of them have a very good chance at being there when all is said and done.
1: Yeah, it's good to be on the Dodgers, basically, is what I took from that. If you yeah. have those three guys all sitting right around the same odds for NL MVP. I uh, were the
0: Yeah, Not L.A. related, but Ronald Acuna Jr. comes back for the Braves. Yes. And that kid hits in an elite level, elite contact numbers, only missed three weeks. If you're going to invest in anybody in the NL MVP market right now, I think that guy is Ronald Acuna Jr.
1: Yeah. Let me see the odds here on Bat Rivers for Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, For the NL, plus 750.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not the greatest of numbers, but I mean, that kid's, his contact profile is off the charts good. And yeah. and also too, I, th- I think the Humidor, I don't think it's going to hurt in Atlanta over the summertime. I think it's a ballpark that's still going to be a pretty good offensive park. It may even help a little bit. I don't know, we'll have to mm-hmm. see. But that kid is is in a really good offensive environment for hitting. Dodger Stadium can be hit or miss depending on the weather. You know, sometimes it gets really hot. Sometimes it's kind of that cooler marine air. Uh, you know, so I think it's a little bit tricky, but I think Acuna, because he's back only missing three weeks, he's got a really good shot at it.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate the nuggets on the MVP. You are the real MVP, Adam Burke. I appreciate you coming on every week. Make sure you check him out on vcin.com. Um, Also, the show on Sunday, The Run Line. Also, what time does that one air on vcin?
0: Uh 8 to 10 Eastern. It'll be myself and Holden Kushner, the Denver City cast host again this week, but Ben Wilson will be back for, uh, I believe, the next four shows after that.
1: Awesome. I heard, I heard the first one last week with Holden, so I thought it was very well done, so definitely check that one out and find Adam on Twitter, too, at Skating Tripods. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks, Daniel. And coming up, uh, let's talk NBA playoffs, some basketball, and more. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bett River Sportsbook. Danielle Var here. Let's talk NBA playoffs. The Mavs beat the Jazz ninety-eight to ninety-six in Game Six, clinched their first-round playoff series that was Thursday. And next, the Mavs will face the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference semifinals. So the Suns that means dispatch the Pelicans in Game Six, which. Uh, I have to. I don't know if I've already done this on this podcast or not, but I believe I have. I'm going to say it again. I apologize for saying that I wouldn't want to watch the Pelicans in playoffs. I said that on this podcast when they beat the Clippers. Who wants to see that? And they fought valiantly. They made it fun. They did. They took it to six games. But the Suns got it done. Devin Booker did play. I was surprised to see that. Obviously, we heard he was going to be out for maybe two to three weeks with soft tissue, hamstring. But it's nice to see he was in and able if needed, but obviously they didn't want to overdo it with him. They didn't have to because Chris Paul, I, this, I mean, incredible. 33 points, okay. Went 14 for 14 from the field. Perfect from the field. One of one from three. Perfect from the line. Most playoff points ever without missing. Most playoff field goals ever without missing. Just elite. Elite, and it's so hard because I think that Chris Paul had this nice renaissance again when he joined the Suns, and then he has these hit-or-miss games sometimes where people are kind of, you know, either scratching their heads or giving him a hard time, but Chris Paul is insane. He's just, come on, just give him his respect, at least for this game. That was incredible. Uh, The Raptors. Not going to be the first team in NBA history to win a playoff series after falling behind three to zero. They did their best, but they did not get it done in the end. Uh, they won two games in a row, cut the series deficit to three to two, but their season comes to an end versus the Sixers in Game Six on Thursday, 132 to 97. It looked promising in the first half. I saw, I saw the first half. Uh, I came back close to the fourth, and um, they were leading by one at the halftime. And the Sixers apparently just demolished them in the third quarter, outscoring them 37-17, to 17, going up 99-78. to 78. They didn't score much better in the fourth quarter. And so with that, the Sixers move on to face the Miami Heat in the second round. Very excited for that series because I'm hot on the Heat. And poor Joel has got that torn ligament in his thumb, so his shooting hand. We talked about this with Jim Root on Wednesday's show, in case you missed it. Definitely check that one out. Um, still some good stuff in there. Not all time sensitive. And we talked about this, and he's Jim Root actually talked about how he literally has torn a ligament in his thumb, and he uh, at least had familiarity with the injury, and uh, talked about how, if anything, it would mean less active hands for Joel. Uh, Maybe we're talking about less rebounds, thing of that nature, but he did go well over 40 combined points and rebounds in this last game. So when you need it, he is there. One game Friday, Grizzlies-Timberwolves that I want to take a look at here. The Grizzlies, a one-point favorite on the road. Minus 113 on the money line. And the Timberwolves, minus 106 on the money line. at Bat Rivers, total for this one, 229. One of the lower totals we've seen for this series because it has been pretty fast-paced. It's been so fun. These are two young teams with young stars, and it's just... It's such a kick. And it's really, I was actually speaking to a friend about this and how it's really entertaining to watch because we've seen LeBron and all of the oldies of the Lakers, the uh, the oldies, if you will, uh, we've seen them every year in the playoffs and this year they're not in it. And so it's allowing us to kind of, there's a little bit more disbursement of the talent, I guess. It feels like every team has a couple stars. And it doesn't feel like any one team is so dominant. I know for a lot of people, it was the Suns. And I mean, even some people, maybe the Celtics defense has been so suffocating, but there's these strengths for these teams, but nobody is just like locked down. Okay, you have, you know, imagine if you had Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and James Harden on the same team. Nope, still no. Um, but it's been a really fun playoffs. And especially this Memphis and Timberwolves matchup is so fun to me because it's these young stars. Um So many to look at here. So the issue, obviously, for the Timberwolves, in case you missed it, or just a recap here, they have blown two fourth-quarter leads in this series, right? So Game 3 and Game 5, they entered the fourth quarter with a double-digit lead. Um, So really, if you're losing in the fourth quarter like that, that's just maybe a little bit undisciplined, a younger team like I was talking about. But you also have to give credit to Memphis's defense. I think that's been giving them the edge. Also, their offensive rebounding. Uh, in Game 5, the Timberwolves gave up 18 offensive rebounds to the Grizzlies and turned the ball over 23 times. Yikes. That's not going to do it. Um, so, in good form, the Timberwolves held a players-only meeting in advance of Game 6 to address some of these issues. It says they stressed ball movement, um, wanted to avoid that stagnant, predictable offense, which they need to do if they're going to face this Memphis defense. It's been so, um, so solid. Anthony Edwards uh, has been so much fun to watch in this series. Huge leap this season, really established himself as one of the young rising stars. He's averaging 24.2 points per game in the first round. uh, And also, not too shabby, doing it, shooting 46.5% from the field and 40% beyond the arc. Uh, On the other side of things, John Morant, of course, the league's most improved player, Uh, But the Grizzlies have also been led by Desmond Bain, who's averaging 23.4 points per game. I'm going to be looking to get down on a Desmond Bain prop, perhaps for this game. I think that would be a fun one for tomorrow, for Friday night. And then Brandon Clark, impressive as well. 16.4 points per game. Uh, I want to dive into this a little bit more and I'll probably do it tomorrow. So stand by Twitter at Danielle Avari if you want to see what I end up on. Um, But I'll definitely be looking at those players to see what we have. And then, Just of note, a trend here, road favorites game six are 28 and 11 and one ATS back to the 2004, 2005 season. So last 15, 16 years or so, what year is it? 28 and 11 and one. So 71.8% against the spread are the road favorites in game six. And that is what we have here with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, The last two games, by the way, decided by three points, as you can see a one point spread here. I don't want to mess with the spread. We're looking at money line bets here. It's not like there's a ton of value on the Timberwolves here. They're almost giving you a coin flip. I lean Grizzlies. They're the more solid team. I trust them to close out the game more. I trust them to use defense more. Um, and I also lean under. This is a game six. We're probably expecting this. That's why we're seeing a lower total here. Um, to be fair, I have not followed this series as closely as others. But I, I really like the idea of an under in this game. Um, I think we're going to see some tight defense and I also like the Grizzlies here, and I think they advance. That's exciting. Exciting things. Uh, that's it for the NBA talk for today. Thank you for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New pods Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, I will be back Monday. I hope you will, too, for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bett River Sportsbook.